Welcome to worship at First Presbyterian Church. My name is Connie. And I'm Danny. And as our Lenten journey continues, we invite you to join us as we walk with Jesus Christ ever closer to Jerusalem, the cross, and the empty tomb. Let us worship God. Come on in. The first lesson comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Follow with me, if you like, in the insert printed in your bulletin. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of the world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who were disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses, and we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ, so that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are all what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson is taken from the third chapter of John's Gospel. Familiar words, to say the least. But listen again with fresh ears. John three fourteen through 21. Listen for the word of the Lord. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, 
If you're like me and you ever watched game shows through the 70s, 80s, and today, you will remember a show called Name That Tune. It was old. It's been revived again. It is, it's new. I, I saw it the other day. It's back out there. The premise was simple, as, as many of you remember. There would be a contestant, two contestants, and they would first try and outdo the other in how many notes it will take them to guess a particular song. So one will say, I can name that tune in six notes. And the crowd goes, ooh. And everybody says, I can do it in five notes. Ooh. And then maybe one or the other, when it gets to them, will say, if they think they can't do it, they'll say, name that tune. And then with just a piano, they'll get four notes. Bomb, 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 bomb. What was that? That sounded like something, didn't it? It sounded like Close Encounters, didn't it? Okay. Um, so the, the hard part is how to guess. And so this will test your processing knowledge of music. A lot of people love music. I know I do. Music is kind of a soundtrack that's been with us all the way through our life. So I'm going to give you a little test. You would prefer a piano, I know. I am no musician, but here we go. Call it out when you know it. You're doing that on purpose. You know what that song is. You're just making me sing. What is it? It is not Freebird, but thank you. I should have known. Well done. No, all you need is love right there. All you need is... Oh, I have to do another one. What is it? Yeah, can't help falling in love. Right, Elvis. I can help. You got a snarl. Falling in love with you. I'll leave it at that. Let's shift to Scripture and see if we can do the same thing. Oh, sassy. Ready? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well done. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, you are the light of the world. Excellent. Matthew 5. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Oh, you're so good. Love one another as I've loved. See, you think you don't know Scripture. You absolutely do. You just blew your cover. I know every single one of you knows Scripture. And this is probably the one on the top of the list that everybody knows. Christians know it. Non-Christians know it. It's been a part of our culture. Tim Tebow did a lot for it. John 3.16, he played football. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Or variation depending on King James Version versus others. And then the next 17 
which is always an important part, for Christ came into the world not to condemn it, but to save the world. That's an important piece of that first part in 3.16. So what's going on here in John? We are again early in John. We, Jesus turned over the tables last week in the temple, saying that things were different, announcing his arrival on the scene that things were needing to be done differently. We talked about tables in our own lives and in our congregation, in the community and world that need to be turned over so that we can be closer to Christ and more faithful in what we have been called to do. So the next section here is Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a Pharisee in high esteem, wealth, status, had it all, and comes to Jesus by night to ask him questions. So he finds Jesus and they have some interaction that is immediately preceding our text. How can I inherit the kingdom? Well, you must be born again from spirit, from water, spirit from above. And this is when Nicodemus gets confused and says, how, how can one go through the physical act of being born again? And Jesus, you know, slaps his own forehead and says, no, Nicodemus, as he often does. Says, no, you have to be born again, again in this spirit and this fire, this, this Holy Spirit born from above. And so that's when we come in the very next Passages now hit our For God So Loved the World passage today. Still in the midst of conversation with Nicodemus, often viewed as the gospel in a nutshell. I heard it. Good. See, see, I'll just prompt you. You can finish the sermon yourself. The gospel in a nutshell, one of those treasured pieces that we say because we believe it or at least we want to believe it with all that we are. For God so loved. Th thank you, thank you, but let's stop right there. God so loved the world. The word love here is agape, Again, talk to our confirmands. They know about studying these different forms of love. That agape is that God-level love, that self-sacrificing love, that steadfast love that God proves in giving us all of our blessing gifts, creating us and sending us Christ as our Messiah. That is agape love, which we are absolutely capable of. Sacrificial love for others. For God so loved the world, that Greek word cosmo, where cosmos derives. It's not just the earth, it is the universe. It is, in essence, all of God's creation, wherever that may be. Pieces floating around out there, we have yet to discover all a part of God's original creation, and you and me and all of us are a part of that creation. For God so loved the world. Do you believe that God so loved you that God sent Christ? I think sometimes it's hard for us to believe that God, we are really on God's radar screen, 
There's a lot going on in the world and wherever God's universe is, how can God care about little old me? And yet, that is the awesome, omnipotent, all-knowing, all-powerful God in which we love and serve, who is our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Right. For God so loved. God, it doesn't say for God so judged. It doesn't say for God so put up with those people. For God became so angry. For God is on the end of his rope with this relationship. For God was bored. None of that. It was God so loved the world. And each of you and me and all of us as a part of that. All that is created is created by God. That is one of our most rich blessings. For those who come to faith, often it is through creation that people start that journey of faith. Not that you can't explain other things away, but it's a very likely place where you can say there's some thought to this. There's some design to this. To say, I don't care how many billions of years you have, what had to happen just isn't going to happen without some kind of love, without some kind of of passion, without some kind of relationship that is being established from the primordial ooze and on up to the first day all through all six, however we look at creation, God is behind it. Big bang, biblical account, God is behind both of them. Religion and science are not at, a, at odds with each other. They are intricately woven. They complement each other. So for God to love us so much that God sent a piece of God's self to become feeble and fleshy like us, it's something we talk about all the time. It's built into almost everything we do as a church, and yet so much we can forget the awesomeness of it all. so that the world would not be condemned, but saved. So what's our responsibility? For those who believe. Belief is that linchpin in this. So what does it mean to believe? Well, I go to church. I'm a nice person. I care for others. That's good Jesus-like activity. There are a lot of great atheists who care for other people who do great work for them that has nothing to do with faith as they understand it. So what does it mean to believe? For us Presbyterians that are a little less emotive when we worship and when we live our lives, we are more quick to believe with our intellect, with our thoughts, with that kind of pensive, I have weighed the pros and the cons. 
I have been through several committees and we have all agreed that I am ready to make a decision for Christ. Nothing wrong with that. That's where it starts. But believing, and that's the first step, but believing is how you live then the rest of your life every day. Some days you can look at my life and nobody would know that I'm a Christian, much less a pastor. Once I take the robe off, I can get in amongst you and no one will really know. But the calling is to live each day as a response to the gift that God has given us through Christ. To seek to give back to God this agape love of sacrifice. What are we talking about? That's what the Lenten journey is about. It's about looking inward and to see where we might need to right the ship, get back on the path a little bit. Maybe that's a thing, maybe that's a category, maybe that's, well, you know, if you do a hard look inside. That's what this time and journey is before we get to Easter. It's the hard look inward. And we need to look and say, do I really believe, both intellectually and on a daily basis for how we act towards others? So that when you do go and serve others, others will know it's because you're a Christian, not just a good person, which you all are. You're all amazingly God-made, inspired children of God. But how we live absolutely shows what we believe. We could be in that stuck zone in between, yes, I've made a profession, maybe I even have grown up in the church or I've come to Christ here, but I'm not yet ready to profess my faith in the world or help others in Christ's name. And that's not at all meant to be done in a condescending or harmful way, but as a way to say, this is what I believe and I, I just want you to know that. We should be so excited with God who so loved each of us that we want others to be loved as well. So much hate, so much brokenness, so much violence, so much darkness, because people don't know that they are loved. A lot of hardship out there. And we have to be a lot of hardship in here. We all deal, no matter who we are and what our life is like, with difficult, difficulty and tragedy. But our call is to get out every day and seek to give that agape love back to God. That grace that we've received, that love of God through no merit of our own, just because God so loved us. And so I encourage each of you to look with inside yourself and ask, how can I love God back? in some kind of agape, some kind of self-sacrificial, healthy, do not do harm to yourself, but way that shows that I am a Christian and let me tell you about this grace that has filled my heart and my life. And we know that's not every day. Sometimes we feel alone and in the dark and God seems to be distant if present at all. And yet we know underneath it all that we are never alone, that God's spirit loves us, fills us, walks with us, leads us and guides us every day. So knowing that, 
We can feel better about ourselves. That self-esteem problem, gone. Why? Because you know that you are loved. You're having a hard time with your spouse or a significant family member or a friend or neighbor down the street or people at work or what have you. Each of you know that you are loved to full capacity for God so loved. Let that inspire you to go out and share that love of the risen Christ with others so that they will know what we know. So then Christ can indeed save this world and continue to show how God so loved each of us. So one way that we show that belief is to respond to the calls that are placed before us in our corner of the world. A lot of times we look the other way. We don't pick it up and say, oh, that would be something I could do. I'm going to have to give up some time. going to have to give up some whatever. Got to, don't, I got to, I got to, I got to, busy. But when we pick up some of those pieces that God offers us, some of those small calls within our bigger call to do some things here and there, then we are showing our belief. We are giving back in a sacrificial way to God.